This motherfucker working, man. <laughs> Lights on, cameras on, real nigga in this business. <laughs> Look, man, it's episode 150 fucking three. Okay, we on the grind 200. This shit don't stop for a soul. I'm not going to hold you, man. Let's go ahead and get to this great motherfucking content. Welcome to Raw is OG. DJ, hit me. Fuck him up. 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 Let's get it, man. Yes, sir. What's popping with y'all? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity podcast, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee. Now spin that block and always remind them bad bitches. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches. Come on, keep it going. For the bitches, nigga. Life's great. <laughs> Let them know your boy is the flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all. Oh, gee. Hatch me. You know the fuck it is, man. What's up with y'all? about that? Looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm Trisha's Matisha each and every episode. I want to say shout out to everybody that's tapping around the world, man. It's keep this empire brick by motherfucking me brick. Now, Matthew tapping on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anchor. Look, man, I just found out my shit was on websites I didn't even fucking know about. Wow. Shit was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Shout out to Spotify and all that shit, nigga. It's hella websites with my shit, man. Round of applause for me. Like, let's stop the applause. I'm a humble, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a humble nigga. <laughs> but nah, man, if you watch this on YouTube at OGI TV, man. Ring that bell, drop a like, leave a comment, all the good shit that YouTube say. Or if you just want to watch the video and go on about your day, I mean, it's not what I asked for, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Shout out to people that's on West Watch this on Rumble as well. Clips on TikTok I uploaded. Look, man. <clears throat> I was killing it. Fuck my coughing day. I fucked that up. But look, no matter what, thank you for tapping and joining the motherfucking me conversation, man. Thin line between genius and insanity, man. We are growing rapidly, and I truly appreciate all the love and motherfucking support, man. At the end of the day, let's just sum it up and leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> Saturday record, you know what I'm saying? Episode 153 on the grind 200. You know, shit don't stop for a motherfucking me. So, um, I want to get right to it you know i usually when i miss an episode i want to give you some type of excuse like oh guys i was sick no fuck that nigga i was chilling <laughs> i was doing me <laughs> i was doing me <laughs> nah man but honestly i was chilling man it wasn't shit to talk about it was a slow news week really um i didn't want to keep talking about the fucking ynw millie uh trial so took a motherfucking me day off man fuck it nigga we getting money it don't matter <laughs> But we back to motherfucking me there to give you a classic motherfucking me episode. Let's go ahead and get right motherfucking me to it. Um, <laughs> you know, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a wild time, B. I came across this clip. I, you know, I, I told you how I be off TikTok, how they shadow ban my shit. My shit don't even get views no more. Like, it's kind of crazy how they're doing that to a young black nigga in America. It's kind of crazy. I ain't YNW Melly, nigga. I'm innocent. Fuck it. <laughs> 
But I hopped back on TikTok. You know, I have, a, I have a friend. She's also a content creator, man. That's probably the only person I really follow that uploads shit. So every time I do tap into TikTok, man, I kind of tap into what she got going on. You know what I'm saying? You know, monitor her progress, bro. And I'm happy to see she's doing her fucking thing. So that's one of the, that's one of the reasons I always get on TikTok to check on friends, I guess. But also, there's, there's interesting shit you find on TikTok other than the trans shit, the wild-ass dance trends, and all that weird-ass shit. I came across this video of this case that happened. Um, I forget what city it was in. But it was about this dad. He went and talked to this dude that killed his son. Apparently, his son was in the Marines. He was a sergeant. Um, and he had um, like a life insurance. And he had like a $400,000 $400, life insurance policy. Um, this girlfriend backdoored him. She set him up to get killed. Um, <clears throat> and the father... Ultimately, once the dude got arrested and went to, sent to the prison and all that good shit, he requested to speak with the father. Um, so the man that killed this the son requested to speak to his father, and the father went and spoke to him. And it was blowing my mind because the question I want to ask all the friends of the show is, how far does your forgiveness go? I've said on many episodes ago how I can't stand how us black people, since slavery has been conditioned to forgive. You ever see like the wildest shit, like a nigga, a, a mass shooting just came and he just, sh when a nigga went to the church and he shot all them people, the next day the church people came out and said, we forgive them. We understand. What the fuck do you forgive and what the fuck do you understand? If a nigga just chose one day to choose violence, how are you easily forgiving? If a nigga do something to my family, there's no forgiveness. So when I seen this clip, I was a little taken aback, not in a negative way, because I can't expect people to react how I react to things. People grieve different. People grieve different. People mourn different. People do every fucking thing different. Man, people fucking eat different. Like, nigga, we do everything different. Slow stroke, fast stroke. You like, well done, medium, a medium rare. Nigga, everybody likes shit different. So I can't expect people to think how I think when it comes to shit like this. <clears throat> But when I seen this, I'm like, damn, how can you sit there and have a casual conversation with the person that just killed your kid out of sheer ignorance, sheer um, greed? Because he was fucking, they, they was fucking the same girl. He didn't know he was fucking his girl. So you fucked his girl and you killed him because you wanted his fucking life, his life insurance policy? Come on, brother. That's kind of crazy. Wow. But as I see this clip, obviously when the father's talking to his, the, the, the man who killed his son, it was a nice monotone. Obviously, there's 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 hidden messages in the in the, in, the, in the tone of motherfuckers' voices. If you have a, a a monotone voice and you talking to the person that killed your son and you telling him like, yeah, we real popular, we got people on the inside. Obviously, as someone who comes from a background who knows when niggas are sending messages, coarse messages, Morris code, I should guess. I understand exactly what he's saying. He's letting that nigga know, nigga, we getting even with your bitch as soon as you get back to your cell. But I don't even think I can have that conversation. Look, I told you guys, all the friends of the show, if you're a first-time listener, howdy. Welcome. <laughs> but people that's been tapped in, you know my story. My story is my story. 152, episode 152, I told you, my story is my story. There's no shame in my motherfucking game. My father was murdered when I was three years old by his best friend, set up to be murdered. His body was found on the side of a highway. Me personally, let me get a close up so y'all can see me. I got my hair done too, so please get the close up. I look good. <laughs> I look amazing today. Shout out to my Lakers. <laughs> 
No, get the close up again, goddammit. I don't believe I can talk to the man that killed my father. What the fuck is there to talk about? I want revenge. I want to get even. I want your kids to feel how I felt. I want your family to feel how I felt. Now, Grant, I can't do shit. Grant, I think the nigga died from cancer or some shit. So I'm just talking. But I don't think I can sit there and have a conversation with the, with the men, the group of men that, that jumped and strangled my father to death. My, my father was strangled to death. My father was a little smaller than me. My father was 6'2", 6'3", 260. I'm 6'4", 280, 290, 300 around the holidays. They calm the fuck down with the jokes, all right? <laughs> so my father was, if not the same size as me, a little smaller than me. Which goes to say he was a sm he was a big nigga. You're not taking a one-on-one. -on -one. My pops played ball until he got shot in his knee. You're not fucking with You're not taking a one He was jumped and strangled to death. And thrown out of a fucking moving vehicle on the side of a highway. You know? So I can't have a casual conversation with a nigga to some niggas that did that. That's just no remorse. That's, 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 that's just pure evil. So I don't think I could have that conversation. But then when I think about, okay, what does that leave me? Does that leave me as a person who hasn't moved on in life? Am I letting these people hold me back? Am I letting them have control over my life? I say fuck no. Wow. I say fuck no. Because I'm not, the, the death of my father isn't what, it was what holds me back in life. That's, yeah, brother, he got killed when I was three years old. No matter how much that impacts me, no matter how that set me down a certain path in life, have, it would led to me having a certain mindset, would led to me not being close to people. Yeah, that may have done that. But brother, that was just the way I was raised. God damn it, if he was alive, I probably would have still been raised that way because trust is something you can lose. So when it comes to having that conversation, I can't do that. There's nothing for me to say. We need physical hand-to-hand -hand combat. Steven Seagal, John claude Van Damme. We need hand-to-hand -hand combat. Bruce Lee, B. Watt. We need hand-to-hand -hand combat, brother. So I don't know if I can do that. And to see a man do that, to have that conversation with the man that killed his son, and whose son was innocent, just living a life, who was in the Marine, he was, he was in the Army, he was a sergeant. Had a girl, thought everything was cool. Had a kid with this woman, and she backdoored him, fam. So I ask again, how far does your forgiveness go? Because I don't think I could be the, the, the father talking to the person that, that took one of my loved ones away. Especially not my fucking kids. A nigga take, man, I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to fucking say it, but let me know. How far does your forgiveness go? For all the friends of the motherfucking show. Um, But moving on. You know, I want to talk about the most interesting artists in the world. You know, I have, you know, friends who do music and stuff like that. Like my, my, my homeboy, Say Tony. No plug. He didn't, shout, he didn't ask me for promo or nothing like that. But he got a fucking classic on his hands. I'm waiting on that shit to fucking drop. Oh, my God. Say Tony, my boy, Black Ken. Like, I got niggas who make music. I got niggas who's dope at making music. I know women who can sing their ass off. So I know creative minds, and I know when it comes to being an artist, it's just not about the music. When it comes to being a podcaster, it's not just about the fucking content. Sometimes it's about how you look. It's about how you talk, the things you do talk about. Um, and in music, a lot of it goes into your looks. 
Um, it goes into your antics. It goes into your image. A lot of things goes into trying to make it in this industry, whatever industry it may be. Shit, even the bad bitches in porn, they got to go crazy with the head game or they got to squirt or they got to do something. Titties got to do something. Something has to stand out is what I'm saying. I came across this artist, man, that I never fucking, I, I don't know, I don't know how I came across. TikTok is one hell of a place. Well, TikTok, man, you, you, you'll find some wild shit on TikTok. Of course, I seen the one dude who had the bunch like metal spikes and forks and knives and shit attached to his hair. Like I seen the needles and shit. I seen that nigga pass. You seen the my blicky. You seen all them niggas. You seen the niggas uh in the Texas who was doing the who yeah baby ah but I seen all these niggas. You see you seen it is me what you wanna be. Call me freaky. T so you see a bunch of artists. What was a nigga who had to, and mama, don't worry, you raised the gangster. I'm a survivor. So you see a bunch, I'm not going to keep listening, <laughs> but you see a bunch of artists nowadays making it off of TikTok. So I'm not surprised when I come across new people on TikTok. I'm not surprised. I came across this nigga. This has to be the most interesting fucking dude in the industry. And I say this because it's not hip hop, it's rock. And I don't know if it's white, white culture appropriation. I don't even know if I'm the guy to speak on that. Because, you know, when it comes to music, it don't matter what genre of music you're talking about. Somehow, some way, motherfuckers going to tie that back to black people, jazz, and all types of shit like that. So I don't know if it's white people culture appropriation. I don't fucking know. But God damn it, if my name was Chad and I had a fucking uh, a blonde bob, I would be fucking offended. <laughs> if I was a gothic ass nigga, I would be fucking offended. But this is the most interesting nigga in the world. I want to talk about this nigga. This nigga name is uh, Jaleel. I want, I, I want to talk about this nigga because when I came across this, bro, this nigga was huge. So not only is this a dude, let me try to play a song. I never even listened to the fucking song, to be honest with you. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. Uh, Jaleel, Jaleel. Let's see, Jaleel. This is this big nigga. No, this is not this nigga. What is this nigga's name? Dog in. Hey, is this him? Honey, are you fucking kidding me? Copyright is real. But this nigga, if you hear that, you hear that shit, right? Now, granted, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan. The reason why I say this is the most interesting nigga in the world, because obviously you see the connections like the X's, S Tentacion. Um, you see the juice world sound effect. You see all oh, he got that trippy where he got that all oh, that new wave of that new wave of new nigga, them new nigga type shit, right? He got that whole wave going, right? But also, the niggas like six six. Nigga look like DK Metcalf, my nigga. 
The nigga looked like DK fucking Metcalf, my nigga. And he not performing like regular niggas. You know, he do the whole jump in the crowd shit. But I remind you, the nigga is 6'6". Six, six. Has to be 6'6". Six, six. If not 6'6", six, six, at least 6'3". The nigga's at least my size, fam. Big as fuck. He looks like DK Metcalf, my nigga. I'm not exaggerating on how big this young man is. This is a big motherfucker. This is like Jonathan Majors jumping in a fucking crowd of people. He does fucking stage dives like Jeff Hardy, my nigga. Like, I'm not bullshit. He does front flips into crowds, kicking bitches in faces. He has to be the most interesting nigga in the industry because you do not expect his music to sound like that. You don't expect this nigga's voice to sound like this nigga sounds like a fucking white guy. And I don't know if it's culture appropriation or not. I came across this clip of him doing a lyrics video. Listen to this shit. I'ma slide in when I'm in my zone and uh, start the violin. When I'm in the moment, uh, what's the time in? I'ma dive in. The nigga is humongous. And fam, it's not, I'm not, I'm not this. It's, it's, it's very fucking interesting to see that this exists. They love this shit, bro. They love it. He has to be the most interesting motherfucking artist in the industry. To see that, I'm just because I guess sometimes, man, when you, I still get taken aback when I see just how far we have come. Because a lot of times we do focus on how far we haven't come, how we still focus on the racism, you know what I'm saying, how we still focus on the bullshit. But a lot of times, but we don't really trip on how far motherfuckers have come to see a big ass 6'4. DK Metcalf ass nigga singing some punk rock ass shit like that and got these white folks going crazy. He's being accepted by these motherfuckers. He's jumping in the crowd, swamp time, bombing bitches in the face. Like, bro, that shit is it's, it's interesting to see. It. It's a it's the imagery takes you back because it's like there's no fucking way 70 years ago this mass sea of fucking caucus people. These fucking bland-ass white people. Shout out to the white people. But these bland-ass, unseasoned, caucus-ass white folks. I'm talking about thousands upon 16, 17,000. There's no way 70 fucking years ago that a big-ass nigga up there, swole as fuck, will be commanding that crowd. Like, there's no fucking way. No fucking way. No fucking way. A hundred years ago, no fucking way. No fucking way. That shit, when I seen that shit, that's way more interesting than when I see a nigga, you know what I'm saying, which is love when you see a black artist getting the mass support of all, you know, our people. You love to see that. You love because you actually expect to see that before somebody hits mainstream. But when you see somebody you've never heard of just controlling them people like that, man, that shit is crazy. That shit is crazy, fam. That's how, that's how, that, it goes back to what I always say, bro. There's people out here that you've never heard of. You've never heard of. There's, there's people out there with millions of subscribers, millions of followers, 
that you've never fucking heard of. You've never heard, I, bro. You'd be surprised at how many people I come across daily that have millions upon millions of people or that follow them, that watch their content. And I, I'd be like, who the fuck is this? I don't know who the fuck this is. But it goes back to the, bro, you, yeah, it's a, it's a whole world out there, my nigga. And this Jaleel nigga, look, I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of his music, but I'm, I'm looking at this shit and I'm like, bro, there's no way this shit would have been accepted 20 years ago. 30 years ago. Nigga, I don't even think it would have been except for 10 years ago. Music has changed so much in the last 10 years. I don't even know if that shit would have been accepted 10 years. I'm telling you, the impact of Lil Wayne when he did that whole prom queen, that lollipop shit, when he when he did like an alternative music and had the, the rock and roll imagery, bro, I'm telling you, I know the impact they had on me personally. My nigga. I wanted to play a fucking electric guitar, my nigga. I'm not wow. rapping with you. And kind of, look. Embarrassing. <laughs> you know <what> Embarrassing. <laughs> but I know what it did to me. And I know Uzi wouldn't be a person. Young Thug wouldn't be a person. Jaleel wouldn't be a fucking person. These niggas wouldn't. Trippy Red wouldn't be a person. Playboy Cardi wouldn't be a person. Juice World wouldn't be a person. Them niggas wouldn't exist if that era of Lil Wayne didn't fucking happen. It's just amazing to see how, how things are progressing. To see this big DK Metcalf ass nigga doing what he doing. That shit is interesting as fuck. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I am not gonna fucking lie to you. Um, moving on. <clears throat> you know, I'm a Zeus. I talk about Zeus a lot, right? You know, I watch Baddies. I watch the Bad Boys. I watch uh, Jocelyn. I can't wait for Jocelyn's Jack Cabaret to come back. Um, I tried to watch the blue face and Krishan shit, but I just, I just couldn't stomach it. I've just, I've matured too much in life to think that's good entertainment. Natalie Nunn, I think she should be commended for what she's doing. You know what I mean? What she's doing with Zeus, um, what she did with the Bad Girls Club brand, how she did a remix of that, um, and how she's launched a fucking uh, booming ass, you know, franchise. With that, and she did a spinoff with the bad boys. So she's doing her fucking thing over there at Zeus. I think it's important to always recognize the women who are doing big things at Zeus. Of course, you got Lemuel Plummer, who's the face of it. Um, and I actually think it's a bunch of people that own a piece of that. I think Floyd owns some of that, too. That's why he's doing his pay-per-view fights over there. But, you know, you got the Jocelyns. You got the uh, Natalie Nuns. You had Princess Love, who's big over there. Um, you got... Uh, Tommy, who they gave EP credits to, um, it's just it's just fascinating to see women get doing a big one as they now saying over there at Zeus. You know, Natalie posted a clip of her nephew or somebody wrestling, like a little kid wrestling, right? And after he pinned the little kid, he got up and started hitting the gritty. And niggas know I used to wrestle. Wrestling changed my life. I'm not finna be one of them niggas who act like all sports change. Like, no, fuck that. Football did not change my life. Re track and field did not change my life. Everything that, everything that the change that people seen in my life, that how I attack everything else, came from wrestling. Mano y mano, nigga. It's me and you out there, nigga. It's a different feeling in it from a nigga slamming you on your shit. Being able to control you, hold you down to where you feel helpless. It's a different feeling from that to a nigga just hitting a jump shot over you. Trust me, I know. 
It's a different feeling from that to a nigga being able to just break your tackle. Trust me, I know I did it all. Wrestling to me is one of the purest sports we have out there. And when I seen a little dude get pan the dude, get up and do the gritty, I'm not gonna lie. I got mad. Wow. I'm gonna be honest. I got mad because I know certain shit and it's like in certain sports, certain things just isn't allowed. Showboating and wrestling is not allowed, my nigga. Trust me. I got fucked over in my wrestling career because um I was up on the scorecard and my coaches used to always say in practice, if you up in the final seconds of the match, keep your distance, stay away and shit. That's what the fuck I did. I'm up on the scorecard, two, three seconds left, dude being mad aggressive. I had a fucked up knee the whole season, bro. I wrestled the whole season with a torn meniscus. So I'm keeping distance. So it could have looked like I was running away from the nigga. But I'm keeping distance. I'm trying to win the – this is districts type. I'm trying to go to state. The referee look came – the female referee came up to me and said she was going to make me pay. She whispered in my fucking ear. But let me get closer. I look good today. She whispered in my ear, I'm going to make you pay for – I don't like that. At the time, I didn't know – I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck is this talking about? Later on, my finals match comes around. She isn't the main ref. She's the ref that's spectating outside. They do two-man shit. It came down to a pivotal call where a dude tried to take me down. I gets out of bounds. We're clearly out of bounds. But because she had warned me, I'm going to make you pay for that. What the fuck do you think she did? She made me pay for that, which fucked me over in that match, which fucked me over at state. That put me on the, the hardest side of the fucking bracket. If I would have done the other side of the bracket, I would have won state, fam. There's no, there's no doubt in there. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Nigga, on my side of the bracket, I was ranked, what, uh, seventh in the state? And by the time I was ranked seventh all year, by the time we got to state, I was ranked fucking fifth in the state. I had to go, I had the one seed, the three seed, me being the five seed, and the six and seven, and the seven seed on my, on my bracket. I had, all, I had to go through all that shit just to meddle at state. So when I see the little nigga doing the shit, hitting the gritty, it's like, whoa, that's not supposed to happen. It's like if you see somebody do some wild shit when they playing golf. You see somebody playing golf, and then they start fucking like chugging, like do the Stone Cold Steve Austin and slamming beers on their face. You're like, what the fuck is he doing? Where's the class? Where's the decorum? <laughs> So it's like, I don't want to be the old nigga that's bitching and complaining. But when I see certain shit being done in certain areas, it's like, nah, certain shit ain't accepted. So little nigga, when you pen somebody because you did your little cradle, dope as fuck. Continue to have success. But there's, there's, there's a certain amount of respect that needs to be had on those mats. Because just how you beat his ass, oh, trust and believe. There's going to be a kid that comes through and beats that ass. It happens to us all. And I just hope that now that we have these kids and they're doing this, I want to make sure we build the right habits as well. Because I'm all for talking shit and celebrating all that good shit. But I'm also for when you get your ass whooped, you got to take that. You got to take that shit and try and learn from that shit and come back harder. Ain't no more. Ain't no bitching and complaining when you get your ass beat. Ain't no running and crying to mommy. Ain't no calling him. Because when he beating kids' ass, you posting him up doing the gritty. 
So it's not necessarily a shot at Nally Nunn and her nephew. It's a shot at youth sports because it's a fine line between um, um, being excited and showboating. Trust me, I know. I, I, I got fucked over. I know. And I was the kid when I was younger. When shit wasn't going my way, I was the crybaby ass nigga. I don't want to go to practice. Fuck this team, mama. I don't want to play no more. Well, my, my mama made me play. If I would have had the right mindset from the get-go, bro, who knows what the fuck I would have been by now. I would probably been in the league right now, throwing lobs to AD. <laughs> but honestly, the purity in wrestling, as we see in football, as we see in basketball, as we see in a lot of these other sports, it's slowly and slowly trickling down to the purity of wrestling. It's going to be interesting to see where this shit goes within the next five, ten years, I tell you that much. Uh, but moving on, man, let's go ahead and get <clears throat> into, <laughs> I want to talk about the importance of the diversity um, needed in women friend groups. Hear me out, man. Now, there's nothing less. There's nothing less interesting in the world than a group full of bad bitches. But I'm be honest. Wow. A group full of bad bitches. Come on, man. Nobody give a fuck about that. You always see women post on social media. Oh, I need a baddie friend group. No, the fuck you don't. That spells nothing but trouble. <laughs> that spells nothing but motherfucking trouble, man. You know. When a group is filled with nothing but bad bitches, common sense is lacking. When a, when a group is filled with nothing but bad bitches, relationships become disposable. See, when it comes to women groups, I'm going to tell you what we're looking for, ladies. Fellas, tell me if I'm lying. When you come across a group, full of, a group, a group of women, you want them to be cute. You don't want them to be no ugly bugaboos. But one of them, at least one of them, has to be drop-dead gorgeous. That could be your girl. Hey, if that's your girl, then you're winning. If that's not your girl, then hey, there's other ones in this group. Trust me. Follow along. I'll get there. You have the bad, let's say the drop-dead gorgeous one, the one that gets all the attention that the, the fellas love, who she has no problem either getting dick, sucking dick, or getting a nigga that's going to go crazy on her. You have that. She's thick as fuck. Probably shakes some ass on the side. She's probably the wilder one. The, 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 most, the most attractive girl in the group is usually the most wilder one. Not saying she got to be a hoe, but she's the one that's going crazy for whom and whoever the fuck is she's tied to. You have her. Then you have the good girl, the one who goes to the nine to five, who, you know what I'm saying, does her everyday life, who probably is a homebody. You have her. Then you have the one who's Let's just say you have the fat chick. You got the fat chick. The fat chick is always needed in the friend group. Not saying the fat chick has to be ugly. Not saying the fat chick can't be bad. But we saying a group of bad bitches. We mean the bitches that we seen on social media. All y'all can't have BBLs. All y'all can't be dressed to the nines. All y'all can't be rocking the... No, that's not what we need. Them is the bitches that lack common sense. Trust me. <laughs> Those are the ones who can't really keep a man. Trust me. You need the fat chicks around who can, who can cook, 
who brings the good vibes, who brings that hospitality around. So when shit is going wrong in relationships, y'all meet up at her house. <laughs> y'all meet up at her house, middle of the night, drinking your wine, doing your little sob stories, talk about how niggas ain't shit, wake up in the next morning, and go home to your man. Wow. Trust me, it's needed. <laughs> then the most important friend in the group that's always needed, you need the ugly chick with the fat ass. Trust me. Zoom in. Follow along. You need the thick chick that's ugly, that's not that attractive in the friend group to humble you. Because trust and believe, no matter how she looks in the face, at night she looks better. When she's twerking, she looks amazing. She can fuck your man. And even because that's your friend, she may not be the one. You need to think high and mighty that there's an ugly Butterface, as we used to call them, that your man would fuck. Trust and believe. So when it comes to interesting, there's no interesting things going on with the bad bitches. You know what's going on with the group full of bad bitches. They all getting smutted out. They all drinking Casamigos, BBL, and they fucking way through it, talking about they traveling. You not traveling, bitch. Going to Atlanta, going to going to going to DC. That ain't traveling. A group full of bad bitches ain't nothing but Casamigas and bad ideas. <laughs> that's, it. that's all it is. Casamigas and club hopping. That's not interesting. You, you literally need the different walks of life to be in a woman group to make you guys interesting. You need the funny one. Usually the funny one's the one that worth the nine to five or the chubby one. The ugly one, she usually ain't that funny. She usually the one that laugh at everything. You know what I'm saying? She got the loud laugh. She probably hitting your shoulder and shit. She, she the one that initiate the twerking because she know it. that's what she's there for. She's probably the vibes, girl. She brings the vibes. She initiate the vibes. She's bringing the bottle. Like, that's her. You need those different walks of life for men to really look at that shit and be like, all right, I fuck with them. She just got a groove full of bad, but come on, man. Y'all ain't talking about shit. Ain't nobody funny. I got to be the nigga to crack the jokes all the time. I can't depend on my chick to go get, to be mad, to go off and get her head right and come back home to me if she got a group full of bad bitches. Come on, man. They finna hit the club. They looking for, they looking for Devin Booker. <laughs> they finna go try to holler at Devin Booker. Bradley Bilger got trade out here. They finna go try to holler at that St. Louis nigga, man. Fuck! <laughs> you need different walks of life, man. We need diversity in these women groups, man. Fuck all that bad bitch shit, man. There's plenty of y'all to separate, man. Y'all don't need to all be at one motherfucking me friend group. <laughs> Get the fuck out that group chat, man, please. <laughs> um, But moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get into... You know, man. I don't know if it was last episode, episode before that. I kind of said I was going to lay low on this whole, like, giving my takes on the LGBTQ plus community, bro. I heard it's an I in there, too. Who gives a fuck? God damn. How many? It's not even alphabetical order, nigga. Who gives a fuck? Shit. <laughs> like, God damn. How the fuck? How many people you going to add? Come on, man. I ain't playing fair, man. Jesus Christ. This nigga got hold so many fucking allies. Jesus Christ. I said I was going to stop talking about that shit. Because honestly, it's becoming one-sided. I said my piece, people combated my piece. I kept saying my piece, people kind of stopped combating my piece, and now I'm continuing to keep saying my piece. And now it's kind of like, 
For what type shit? Because I honestly, I feel like I'm forcing a forcing a conversation that people don't want to have. So it's like, fuck it. Why why continue to do that, right? But I came across a clip. Some type of I don't even know what this is. It's some type of march with LGBTQ LGBTQIP um, plus people um, marching the streets, they titties out um, or they chest out, um, and they're chanting things in unison. And granted, like I said, I would look at that and just think it's a pride march, pride parade. But okay, do your thing. Cheers, my nigga. Do y'all thing. Stay safe. I don't want nobody to get hurt. Stay safe. Get home to your families, man. Dry safe. All that good shit. Mm-hmm. Slap hands. Do some fist bumps. You know what I'm saying? And go on by my on by my day. But I came across this clip, and like I said, these people were chanting something in unison. I want to see if I can if I can play it right here. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that clearly because I can barely hear it myself. But when I told you they're chanting things in unison, they're chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Wow. We're here. We're queer and we're coming for your children. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Wait. What the fuck you mean by that? Like, hold on, man. What the fuck you mean by that? Okay, you here, I see you. You queer, okay, I get it. But what the fuck you mean by that last part? You coming for the children. Antoine Dotson told us a long motherfucking time ago. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. They coming for you. They going to find you. They going to find you so you can run and tell that. Run and tell that. Run and tell that. Homeboy. Home, home, homeboy. Wow. He said that a long time ago. What the fuck do you mean by you coming for the chill? Look, brother and sisters. I've said my piece about them implementing gay couples, gay characters and shit like that onto cartoons and stuff like that. Of course, as a heterosexual man, I don't want to see that. But as a mature adult, I understand why it's done. There's apparently gay kids out here in the world. So why not have them also watch a cartoon where they can at least connect with a character? I get that. It's a slippery slope. It's introducing a whole new way of life to kids who probably never would even thinking about that shit. Because I can honestly admit, as a kid, I wasn't thinking about my sexuality. I was thinking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblades. I was thinking about basketball, Dragon Ball Z, you know what I'm saying? Jamie Foxx show. Like, I wasn't thinking about getting no ass, what I liked, what I was into, that I liked much. I didn't like, I didn't want, I wasn't thinking about that shit. 
So I get the slippery slope that people are going on, but God damn it, also, if a little kid's gay, why not see a gay kid on the TV show? Why not? I know what it was like when I seen certain people on TV. Like I said, Jamie Foxx on TV, seeing that show, the Martin Lawrence show, watching those shows did something to me. I wouldn't act the way I act if I never watched Jamie Foxx. People tell me, people use, I, I had a homeboy named Ronald. Shout out my boy Ronald, my big my boy Perk. Nigga used to call me the Jamie Foxx of the crew. Now, am I saying I'm as funny as Jamie Foxx? No. Am I as talented as Jamie Foxx? No. Am I multifaceted? Yes. I'm funny. I can write. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can play sports. I can act. I can sing a little bit. My poetry is crazy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a multifaceted nigga, but when it comes to certain things, I was influenced by Jamie Foxx. So when I heard him say that, I wasn't on some, wow, where'd you get that shit from? Because I watched him growing up. I connected with him. So I understand why they do the shit for the gay kids and shit like that. Whatever they can, they, whatever they are in that LGBTQ police uh, community. I, I get it. But when I hear a group of people walking around the streets with their titties out, wearing these outlandish clothes, you know what I'm saying, wigs and shit, wearing heels, switching, holding hands, frolicking down the street with their titties out, with pasties on, talking about how they proud to be gay, but then turning around talking about you coming for the kids. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Because... R. Kelly, why do you bring up R. Kelly, Ash? Because R. Kelly, why did he call himself the Pied Piper? Do you know who the Pied Piper is? The Pied Piper was someone who um, came through cities on, the, on his flute. The original story comes from he did that with rats. He was supposed to come through with the flute, sing uh, on the flute, and he would lead all the rats out the goddamn, uh, out the village and towns and shit. But the actual story that people run with is the man comes through with the flute and shit, and he does that, but he doesn't lead any fucking rats. What does he lead? He leads little boys and fucking girls. And that's why it was so wild that R. Kelly was calling himself that with the wild accusations that was going around. He was he kind of fed into it. But instantly, I think of the Pied Piper when I see these group of fucking people marching the streets talking about they coming for the children. You're singing, dancing in unison. That damn near the equivalent of playing the flute. You say he walked out with the kids. You're telling me you're coming for the kids. Wow. Come on. Like, come the fuck on. But I'm the bad guy when I say there's some mental health issues involved how can you fix your fucking lips and say we're coming for the children and not think it ain't shit wrong up here when the fuck has that ever been uttered and we didn't look at that like nigga what in the word in the wise words of russell westbrook nigga what y'all niggas tripping in what world is those words used like that and that in the same sentence ever been acceptable? Ever. I'll wait. I'll fucking wait. I don't know what I don't know what world I live in anymore.
I don't know what fucking world I live in anymore. This <sighs> moving the fuck on, man. I'm gonna get canceled for with these niggas. <laughs> comfort, comfort children around me if you want. Now nah, fuck that. I ain't back to that. I ain't moving on yet. Come for the children around me if you want, my nigga. No, get a close up. I look good today. Come for the children around me if you want, my nigga. Whooping ass. Knives. Baseball bats. Brass knuckles. Dog attack. I'm uh, bruh. Come for the kids around myself. Moi. Me. Come for the children. I don't even fucking like kids. I don't even fucking like kids. Come for the kids around me. Sing that shit around me at a, at a park full of kids. One of you niggas ain't making. That's all the fuck I'm gonna say. Somebody ain't making home that day. I will put me. Now we can move the fuck on. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the irony of our over-sexualized world. You know, my homeboys, um, say Tony. He added me to a group chat on Instagram. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I kind of wish he didn't do it. reason why I say that is because, fam, I have a podcast. I don't have, I have zero interest in seeing topics and throwing them in a group chat with people I have no idea who the fuck they are and giving my two cents on them when I can do that on my podcast and talk to the, you know, however many people tap in with my show. I much rather build my brand than build some fucking group chat. But I do entertain it because it's my boy. He's the only nigga I know in his group chat, so it's kind of weird. But in this said group chat, we was talking about um, women, you know, dressing freely and things of that nature. And, you know, when one woman, she was equating to her dressing freely, being able to free the nipple and dress provocative and revealing um, was equivalent to her having a strong mind. Her being, her not being led by a man, and all that bullshit, mumbo jumbo bullshit, and it's not surprising because that's just where we are. Women equivalent, women for some reason think dressing however they want to dress is standing up to men. Look, I get how it was back in the day, bitch. It's twenty twenty three. This ain't the 1700s, and this damn show ain't over there in China and India and all that shit to where it's strict-ass rules. Bitch, it's 2023. There ain't no man controlling what the fuck you wear. Ain't no rules, no laws controlling what the fuck you wear. You're literally choosing what you want to wear every day. So if you choosing to dress like a fucking ratchet, don't be surprised when niggas is like, oh, this bitch is ratchet. But I also had to sit back and think. Because the irony of an over-sexualized world, because I think we all can agree that in the year of 2023, we live in an over-sexualized world. Everything is sexualized. My nigga, you can't even eat hot dogs no more. Like, you ever thought about that? I'm 27 years old. For the first, what, 25 years, 23, 24, 25 years of my life, Hot dogs and bratwurst and all that shit was a-okay. Niggas, you can't eat a hot dog now. 
Niggas get niggas get clowned for eating a Frank now. It's crazy. Everything is sexualized. You can't play hoops with a chick at the park. If she if she, if she back you down the post, you pulling your dick out. Everything is over sexualized. Pictures, clothing, music, everything is over sexualized. I just fam. <laughs> I'm out here in AZ, bro. I just came across some place called what the Naughty Taco. They got something going on called the Glizzy Challenge, where I think it's a hot dog wrapped around, you know, like a corn dog, but it's in the shape of a penis. And it's called the Glizzy Challenge, where women is literally going there and trying to stick the fucking corn dog as far down their throat as they can. This is a fucking corn dog, fam. Everything is sexual. If it ain't sexualized, it ain't popping. That's facts. That's facts. If it ain't sexualized, it ain't popping. That's fact. Why do you think I'm talking about the bitches? Like, if it ain't sexualized, it ain't popping, bro. But the irony of that is, I don't think I want to live in a world that isn't over-sexualized. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I want to live in a world to where women can't wear what the fuck they want to wear. I don't think I want to live in a world where women can't freedom nipples. I don't think I want to live in a world to where you can't turn and see women doing the fucking pickle challenge, doing the glizzy challenge. As much as that shit is wild to me six days out the week, there's one day out the week to where that glizzy challenge contestant is turning me on. Wow. I'm going to be honest with you. There's one day out the week well, that shit looks good to me. Nasty bitch. I don't want to live in a world to where that woman can't be who she wants to be. I don't want to be in a world to where OnlyFans links don't exist. I don't want to be in a world to just bitches walking around clapping their ass in the aisles of Walmart randomly. Don't exist. I don't want to be in that world. So as much as the shit that happens that throws us off and makes us uncomfortable at times is just say, ah. Oh, Blah blah. What? Where's the librarian, bitches? Okay, cool. But damn it, they, they, they these that shit is essential too. But it also made me think about this. I think I know why the world is oversexualized. I believe it's because men control the world. People always say pussy run the world. Yeah, yada yada yada. I've seen women do a lot of shit for niggas that just didn't make sense. But because they was a drag, they was they was tied to that dick. I've seen it. I've seen it in, in my in my in my family. I've seen it, fam. And I believe the world is over sexualized because men run the world. Let's not act like women ain't dressing the way they're dressing because they want the attention of men. They're trying to get chose. They trying to they get trying they trying to get chose by the niggas with the biggest wallet, the biggest sack, the biggest the biggest lifestyle. Man, since this podcast has been kind of like progressing, come on, man. This shit is ridiculous. I'm overwhelmed. There's no way you bitches like me this much. Like, come on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> me? <laughs> Little old hatcheroo. <laughs> I feel like they're all trying to finesse me and shit, man. But men run the world. Men dictate what women find um, in season. I think about how many fucking male fashion designers you see. Men always dictate what women find appealing, 
attractive when it comes to the clothes they wear, when it comes to them trying to expose themselves. When when women see what the rich niggas like, they all gravitate towards that. When when Kim K came out with that fake ass, BBLs came out of nowhere. None of y'all want no none of y'all want to do that shit until y'all seen Kim K getting passed around the motherfucking me uh like a hot potato by every nigga, every hot rapper, every basketball player, and fucking marrying Kanye West. When they seen her build an empire, they said, let me get a fake ass too. Cause she built an empire sucking and fucking niggas. Black China, Amber Rose, all these women. When the imagery that women seen was that was getting the attention of niggas with, with big banks, that became the normal. So it always comes back to what a man actually wants. And I'm not trying to get into the big debate of who's more important. Fuck no. Fuck niggas. I love women. But I'm not considering acting like my decision making and what I find, you know what I'm saying, respectable and acceptable doesn't determine a lot of shit. A lot of women act around me. They have to act a certain way or think or act or or or, or be um comfortable with certain shit to even be around me. I control this shit that's going on around me. So any woman that's coming around my circle, that's not the one that's going to make me conform and change, they're going to have to adapt to my shit. So how many other women do you think that that's, that's going through that same process with other niggas? Men kind of run this shit, bro. And I think that's the reason we have an over-sexualized world. Because men are natural creeps. Men are natural, habitual line steppers. We're going to go as far as we can and push the limits every fucking time. So that's why everything is just so wild right now because niggas in control of this shit. If women really ran the world, how many more wholesome women do you think would be? What do you think the actual imagery or the it image of women would actually be if women actually control the world? If women really ran this shit? If women truly didn't give a fuck about the attraction of other men, if women truly didn't do things just to attract other men, if women truly didn't do things just to become what the prize of another of a man, and I'm not saying all women, trust. I know some straight, strong, independent women, or not even independent, but strong women who don't do all the mumbo mumbo jumbo bullshit. Uh, show skin and sell ass and all that bullshit. I know women who don't do that, but if you gave me 10 women, at least seven of them is doing that shit. It's only going to be three women who ain't showing ass, got the OnlyFans, you know what I'm saying, ain't over-sexualized and shit. Like, it's only going to be three out of 10. So, men really run this shit. And I think that's why this shit is super motherfucking me, over-sexualized and super outrageous right now. I, I truly motherfucking me do. Uh, moving on, man. Can we get the fuck up out of here, man? Uh, what we got? What we got? What we got? You know, <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> I want to talk about Blueface, man. You know, Blueface is one is an interesting guy, man. I've come on this podcast talked about Blueface multiple times. Yeah, I know I listen to Blueface every once in a while. Um, we know Blueface is, is pretty much in the news right now. You had this shit going on with Krishan Rock. She's pregnant. Uh, he's been running around with his first baby mama. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing about this Blueface nigga is this, man. Blueface put his, his first baby mama into music. She got music now. She got a song out, all types of Blueface, and put it on his social media, all types of shit, right? 
Obviously, this song is fucking ass. There's nothing good about this fucking song. But you know what? <laughs> you know what, man? I'm going to give Blueface some slack, B. I think we got Blueface pegged all wrong. Don't get it twisted. Blueface does a lot of this shit because he know it's going to make him some money. He know he got the Zeus TV show. He know he had his own OnlyFans shit going on. He knows what's going to get people attention, what's going to get people to watch his shit. Now, do I think also Blueface is a ain't shit ass nigga? Absolutely. We, it's a lot of us out here that ain't shit. It's a lot of men that ain't shit, bro. That's just how the game go. So do I think that, yeah, that may just be who he is? Absolutely. But do I think he actually does things just to get the attention, garner the attention of folks and make money off of it? Absolutely. But one thing I can say about Blueface, he's doing things that I can't say the same about a lot of men. He getting his baby mama's a bag, bro. Say what the fuck is as much as the wild, nasty, snaggatooth shit that embarrassing, embarrassing. As much as the bullshit she was doing, she's she got bread. She's good. She has a career now. She's a TV personality. She's good. I'm not saying for the rest of her life, but at least for right now, short term, Krishan Rock should be AO motherfucking K. She shouldn't have to actually um live off the support of her baby dad. She shouldn't. If everything is squared away, which I'm pretty sure there's some shit going on with that, if he's her manager and all that shit, but even if shit isn't all the way 100, if it's 75% good, she should be okay. She's going to be good for at least the next 10 years, right? His first baby mom. No one knows her. I'm not, I don't like the music. I think the shit's whack, but I'm not going to act like it's not going to be some group of women, some group of people who flocks to it. All you need is a super or is a social media following these days, bro. That's why I'm more with the shit I'm doing now. I don't have a social media following. So I'm happy with the thousands of streams and downloads. I get a month. I don't have a social media following. You see my social media, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. But the numbers is the numbers, bitch. I don't know. All you need is a social media following, and Blueface is, is, is exacting that plan to fucking perfection. Because how many niggas you know with baby mama issues? How many niggas you know that's dying out they asshole because of child support? I can honestly say Blueface is giving his baby mamas a straight career, a platform to make money. Even if we don't agree with how they doing it, they clearly all in cahoots, bro. We've seen people sell they fucking they 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 dignity, they pride, and they dignity for a check. But we've seen it. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. And god damn it, if we some wild ratchet motherfuckers anyway, why not be some wild ratchet motherfuckers on TV to make money and change our lives and give our kids a better chance at shit? So as much shit as I talk about Blueface, fam, even if I don't agree with the shit. I can't sit here and be mad about a nigga putting his baby mama's on, bro. I just can't. I ain't seen niggas put on random bitches who left them in a cloud of dust as soon as they got popped. At least he putting his fucking baby mama's on, man. No matter how that shit end, still gonna be his baby mama. He did. He changed in their fucking life. So, interesting as fuck. 
it's interesting to fucking see how you, when you really get through the bullshit. I, I, maybe it's because I'm choosing happiness, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Like before I get to, let me say this because I was talking to somebody and I'm like, yo, like in my life I had a lot of dark times. Like I wasn't happy about shit. Like even if I didn't wake up mad, I wasn't happy. Like it was just I was happy not to. I was happy not being mad. Like it was just like okay, it's, it's, I'm in a gray area today instead of shit being full first rage and bull status. But I chose happiness. And I choose to look at the brighter side of things. Yeah, shit is fucked up. Yeah, this nigga's a piece of shit. Yeah, this nigga is domestic violence. They beating each other. She hitting this nigga in the head with glass bottles. Yeah, nigga, it's a video going around her, her rolling backwards while she pregnant as fuck. Yeah, we seeing her in the club drinking and shit while she pregnant as fuck. We seeing this. I can talk about that shit too. But why talk about that when I can talk about, yo, you know what he actually doing? Change his baby mama's life, not just fucking these hoes, getting them pregnant, leaving their ass in the dust. He taking them along for the journey. And in times, these people think Krishan Rock is a bigger star than him. There would be no hurt if it wasn't for him. So you, you got to salute it, man, and leave it at that. It, there's no more compliments, none of that shit after that. But I like what you're doing, man. You, you're giving your baby mamas a chance to. To, to live a life they never even probably even thought was possible. Especially your first baby mom. She looked just like Stewie, my nigga. <laughs> but it's dope as fuck to see somebody doing it. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, But I think that's all we motherfucking got on the docket. You let me just see. I uh, run through it real fast. We talk about how far does your forgiveness go? The most interesting artist in the world. The purity of wrestling being ruined. The importance of diversity in women friend groups. Um, trans and drag queens reveal their evil plan. The irony of an over-sexualized world and Blueface actually being a good fucking guy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Glad we cleared through every motherfucking me thing, man. Um, but with that being said, drop that fire ass beat, DJ. Um, <laughs> you know how I give it up on this side. It's episode 150 fucking three, man. Only grind to money, how this shit go by, man. Saw all of these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep your name, 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 name. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And how's this episode? No, y'all this Peace. Yeah. 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 I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Great episode, man. Great fucking episode. Today is Saturday, you know, June 24th, 2023. I just came across some information that June 24th is National Sucker Thick Day. Um, you know, as I, as I sit here and record this episode, you know, my dick ain't been sucked yet. Wow. It's roughly 6.30 in the evening. I ain't got, I ain't got uh, some saliva drops on my dick yet. Wow. I went and got my hair done. Wow. Went to the barber. Wow. You know, lotion the skin. Wow. Skin glowing. Wow. Dog on the patio. Wow. Clean the apartment. Wow. Ball candle. Wow. Got a sound. Wow. Made a playlist. Wow. Got some terrible. Wow. Got some honey. Wow. And yet, 
my dick ain't been wet yet. Wow. I think I'm falling off, B. <laughs> nah, man, something got changed, man. So we roughly got, we got, what, five and a half hours, man, to make shit change, man. Make America great again. Make dick hard again. <laughs> nah, man, I'm just talking shit, man. I'm just talking shit, man. I just want to say thank y'all for everybody that tapped into this episode. Episode 150, motherfucking me three. Uh, truly love and appreciate all love and support. We on the grind 200, man. This shit don't stop, man. You know, my homeboy called me a content creator. I say, who, me? <laughs> he say, Hatch, man, you doing your thing. You living your dream. I say, who, me? They say, Hatch, you are inspiration to others. I say, who, me? <laughs> your fucking boy, man. I'll let y'all episode, man. We out this motherfucker. Peace. Welcome to Raw It. OG. Ash, man, you know the fuck they ain't never playing with me, man. You dig?